If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. As much as your sport should be number one, your platform should be number two, and your education should be number three. And I only say this, not that education is important, but I don't know what I wanted to do at 22. I didn't know. My job is to get the education. But if I know for a fact that if I have 100,000 followers on any platform, that might serve me better when I'm 42 than my degree in X. All right, Jason, so the rules in pro sports COVID protocols continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. According to Woj of ESPN, who obtained a memo from the NBA stating that NBA players who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 will no longer be allowed to play in Toronto as of January 15th. Now, we should mention that this is unlikely to have a huge effect on the NBA now that 97% of the league is vaccinated, but What do we think of this growing trend of legal precedent in cities and countries around COVID and whether it could create competitive edges in the future or not? Well, I guess it depends on on who remains in that 3% unvaccinated, obviously. Like, if the Raptors are playing the Nets uh, in a crucial playoff matchup, uh, that would benefit them. But I think more broadly, it's just hard to get my mind around it. But it's just the reality that this is just going to this is our life now. This is like what the world is now. It's so insane to think about because like when, you you know, we've been talking, you know, you watch TV and and like shows that you watch have not even begun to grapple with the fact that this pandemic has happened. Like it's just basically an escape. But we live in a world in which stuff like this is going to be the reality from now on. Uh, You mentioned it. Canada's Minister of Public Health, Marco Mendocino, announced the ban on unvaccinated professional amateur athletes in November. Um, These kind of rules on the local, state, federal, and international level are going to be with us for a while. And it's just, man, I honestly, when I think about how much our lives have changed in the last two years and the things that we have to deal with now, it's just truly wild, man. If I had if I could go back in time and tell myself the stuff that we would be like dealing with right now, you like would not believe ago, it. You would not believe it. But this is, but this is our reality now. You know, like the Omicron variant is here. Delta is still dominant. There's expectation that more variants will emerge. Uh, you've got hot spots in New Mexico, in various other uh, parts of the country, as well as internationally. Um, so this is just what we're going to have to deal with, man. It's, it's truly crazy. It's truly wild. You've traveled a lot more than I have. What's it like out there when you, when you move (laughs) around? Like, what is the, what is it like going from place to place? You know, it's, it's interesting because I do travel around a lot. I feel like I'm not outside and outside all at once because I have to travel. But whenever I get to my destination, I kind of stay to myself, go on set, kind of move back. But to your point, it is so different. Even in the NBA, you know, a lot of the jobs that I have involve sports. And if you just look at 
teams like the Chicago Bulls, I mean, they're get, they got hit hard with yeah. health and safety protocol. There's other teams. We know that, you know, the Bucks got hit. The Hornets got hit. Teams are getting hit. And when I say getting hit, multiple players at a time are in the health and safety protocols. I think this is, I say this, I ask people this all the time, but are we living in a new normal? Because I think yeah. that people, people don't really equate this to the new normal. It's everybody's kind of looking towards the when COVID is over, when the pandemic is over. The pandemic, like, I think that we have passed, like, the, the you know, the peaking point of people passing away and dying from it. But, however, I think that this is a new normal we're living in. You know, I had to get a booster shot for one of my jobs. It wasn't an option. It was mandatory to be around certain people. So, it's I think this new normal is what people haven't really grasped with. People understand that it's here. They understand that, you know, certain things are a norm for now. I don't know if people understand that, you know, 2022 might still look a lot like this 2021 reality we're living in. The vaccine card is a great example, the, uh, you know, made infamous by Antonio Brown uh, and others. But like just the fact that it shows kind of like how improvised and how changing this this situation really still is, because it's like when you got that card, there was no I had no expectation that it was like, oh, I got to hold on to this card forever. Like, I need this. I need to show this Crazy. now at every other place I go to this little like one inch by one inch uh, cardboard card. Like, I need to should I get this laminated? Like, it's mine is like beat up. Do I like the fact that I have to take it with me? There was no expectation that that would be a major piece of identification that you would need to have just to go anywhere now. And that is just a part of our life now. That's a, that's a part of our life that nobody expected, that nobody expected when it first appeared, but that has just become part of the landscape. Um, and it's, it's truly wild. Like I think even as we're living in this, yeah, we're not going to really truly understand like the effects that this, all this is having on us for years to come. And Jason, to that point, you know, the WNBA, when I was playing, a lot of a player's money came from the international space of, you know, I go to Europe and I play and I could easily make double the amount to triple the amount of money that I made in the WNBA. So when you start to think about traveling and different areas that is spiking in and also just countries being like, yeah, nah, you can't come here. Like we want to keep it locked down. It's going to be interesting in the WNBA space, but also to that same point with the emergence of name, image and likeness. There's a lot more WNBA players. Like when I was playing, it would be like, and this is not a real fact, but it would be like 90% of the league would go play overseas because it was just the normal thing that we did. Now it's not like that. Players are like, yeah, I'm good on overseas. Like a lot of the young players that are high picks, they don't even really, they choose whether or not they want to go overseas because name, image, and likeness. So I'm curious to see just how the effect of COVID will have on leagues overseas players going overseas to play and even not just women but there's a large amount of college athletes that are your favorite college athlete on the men's side that they don't make the nba where are they now they're overseas playing you may not hear about them all the time but they're overseas playing so i'm really curious how that market will be affected now with covid yeah like we're a part of history right now when people go back like a hundred years from now, we will be the group that lives through COVID-19 and how our world's got changed. And even think about how things have changed dramatically from even just the beginning of this season where Kyrie Irving's was a big yeah. topic about, 
you know, not getting the vaccine and different things of that nature. And since then, we've had Aaron Rodgers scenario and Antonio Brown scenario. It has ever evolved in athletes dealing with COVID. It's just we don't even know what's next. We don't even know what to expect because this situation, like the rules, are changing as we go. Yeah, there's just like a level of of risk now that I'm boosted as well that you just have to factor into everything that you do when you go out or you're around people. You just have to kind of like look at the situation and go, well, I hope this is I hope this is safe enough. It's wild, man. Uh, To your point, when they make a documentary about this in 10, 15, 20 years, we are the people that this generation is going to be the people that they talk to to talk about what was that like? What was that like to go through that? And we we have no idea what those effects are going to be even now. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I'm excited to talk some NBA with our guest today. He played in the league for 17 years. He's an NBA champion, but currently he's an analyst for ESPN's NBA Today, as well as the host of the Road Tripping Podcast and a new YouTube channel. You're doing a lot, Richard. The Sports Gap. The guy is a content maniac, Richard Jefferson. Welcome to Take Line, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's go. Okay, so listen, we are a sports show, people, and every now and then we get to break some news during the show. And according to The Athletic, trade talks for Ben Simmons have ramped up among those teams, and they are the Knicks, Lakers, and some others. But based off of everything going on in Philly this year, what are your thoughts on where he could end up? I have no idea. He has no idea. They don't have any idea. Let's be honest. Look, I think Ben Simmons is a very, very talented player. Uh ultra talent. And I think the market is what the market is right now. And it's sometimes that market is unfair to Philly, but you know who it isn't unfair to all the other teams that are trying to get him. (laughs) So, uh, no, look, we update this without information. A lot of times, like we get into a habit of trying to be first and trying to, it's like, I remember we had Woj come on, on NBA today to give an update and the update was there was no update now. Like that's the stuff to me. So uh, I think Ben. I think I think Ben Simmons is going to be a very very good player. Uh, I, I want to see him on the court. I, yeah. I think you know you can tell that there's probably is some some emotional stuff going on with him. You know, look, Renee, you've played at the highest of levels, and when you say like a guy is tentative to shoot 
or is cautious or is this or that, then you're like, there's something going on there. And if that means that a change of environment is what's best for that individual, he is a human being before he is an asset. And while his contract might make you look at him as an asset, he is a human being first. And if, and if the assets is outweighing the human being, which I think at times it it has happened in Philly, I think it can be problematic. So that's where I think like wish him the best, get the most that you can in return respectfully. But then that that's all you got to do. It sucks, man. You do this shit long enough. You're going to have some things that work out in your favor. You're going to have some things that don't, you know? So uh, I wish Philly and and Ben the best. Have you ever, you know, obviously like the, the player empowerment era has been a topic of conversation with players, just having more agency in their careers and ability to speak about things uh, that concern them with regards to their relationship with their teams and with the various deals that they are mentioned in. But have you ever really, have we ever seen anything like this situation with Ben Simmons? Has has it ever really happened in this kind of way before? Uh, I think to certain degrees, I think every situation, you can't ever say one situation is the exact same as another. I've seen 20 different situations where guys weren't happy. I've seen Steve Francis cry on draft night because he didn't want to go to the Grizzlies. And ended up going someplace else. Ended up going to Houston. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that who gets drafted? Who gets drafted second or third or fourth? And yeah. it's like sitting there, like he told him not to draft them. I don't want to go there. We saw it with we saw it with Eli uh, with Eli Manning. You know, getting drafted by San Diego. I was like, I'm not yeah. going there. So it's like whether you start and these are guys that are unproven. They've never even proven anything. Saying I'm not going to show up yeah, there. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, you know, I think that shows a greater sense of entitlement than a guy that plays someplace for six or seven years, and it's just like, yeah, this is not a good fit. Right. I'm ready to move on. And truth be told, as much as Ben, I think has been problematic in this situation. I think the blame is a fifty-fifty pie. Yeah, no one has handled this well. Everybody's handled this as as poorly as you could do it. It feels yeah. Like. So I so I the, the point to your to answer your question. I don't think I think this is less about player empowerment and more just about a moment in time with a certain player in a certain franchise. So you're talking about franchises, and when you talk about like historical franchises, the Lakers always come up. And despite how they've looked, and there's there's a lot of chatter about the Lakers shouldn't necessarily be on TV as much as they are because they're not winning. But we all know that that fan base, look at his face. What? Have you not seen any of that chatter that the Lakers shouldn't be on TV as much as they are? Yeah, I look, but this is the thing. One thing that I think, you know, everybody and obviously, Renee, I, I know you. Uh, I don't know who, I, who this other guy. Over, I'm uh, but I'm saying it's like. I don't always involve myself with ignorant chatter unless I'm doing ignorant chatter for my own amusement. Uh, <laughs> for like, for instance, when Steph said, like, we did a whole thing on NBA Today, Steph was like, you know, could you hit 14 threes? He's like, you never know. Anything can happen. And I'm like, people, y'all are setting this man up for failure. He, he's actually came out today and said, I kind of regret saying that, you know, because yeah, he Steph got is lost in guy. the sauce. He said, yeah, yeah. And because it's <laughs> excitement. Like he, and, and just to give people an example, this is not a shot at Steph. This is like, he said it during one of like his podium interviews, probably about four or five games ago. It's like, what will it mean to him? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it because you guys are going to get me emotional. So this is a huge emotional thing yeah. for him. And that's one thing that people were like, Oh, you know, 14 games for he'll do it in four. I'm like, he's not doing it. But make, he's like, 
this man would make 10 threes every day if he could. He would. Yeah. He's the, and, yeah. and he's played 900 games and he's only done it like 30 times. And I say only, but like think about that, yeah. just the percentage. So the chances of that. So when we start getting into these random bits of, of chatter of like the Lakers shouldn't be on it. The Lakers were on national TV even when they were shitty, even before <laughs> LeBron James. Like that's just the, the Celtics are going to be on TV. The Knicks are going to be on TV. There are certain great franchises that their <laughs> fan bases dictate who's on national television yes. versus the quality of the performance of their team. And we actually just spoke about this. So where is LA going at the end of the season? That's what the actual question was, but I like that you elaborated on the chatter. But the question is where, what should you expect from them? Like, you know, we've seen them play great at times. We've seen them not play great. They've had injuries. Where is LA going with their huge fan base? Where are they heading? Ooh, that's tough, man. That's tough. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Again, injuries. Like, let, let's start. Carmelo's had a great year so far for who he is and like what he's bringing to the table. LeBron's been injured. Anthony Davis, you know, hasn't played up to the tier that he would like. Yeah. Uh, uh, Russell, he's on a brand new team with mega, mega superstars, uh, and there's a lot going on. So I, I feel like, you know, when you have Kendrick Nunn, still hasn't fucking suited up for him. Like, this is a guy that gives you 10, 14 points a game, somewhere 15 points a game. I personally think that the Lakers are probably a four or five seed right now if they were to like get healthy and get rolling. Cause I think Phoenix is playing too well. Yeah. I yeah. think um, Utah, like these are teams that are just like, they're a, an engine, right? They're just, they're, they're a train going down the track. So I think they're a four or five seed at best. And I, I still think that the Lakers, if they play their best, best basketball and are hundred percent healthy, they should be, you know, in a top three conversation in the league. Okay. Uh, obviously, the, that team is driven by a LeBron James' quest to continue to accrue these rings, like like Thanos, so that hopefully he can, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, stack those up against uh, what Michael Jordan has done. Um, that window is open now, but it is small. Do we underappreciate LeBron? Just like how long he's been good? You uh, were a teammate of his. Um, do you think that the general sports fan really understand like how amazing it is what he has done? I think they do. And I think Renee will understand what I'm about to say next is that, and I respect Michael Jordan because he helped grow the league. Magic Johnson helped yeah. grow the league. Larry Bird helped grow the league. I think they also paved the way for you to be a superstar and to be outspoken. Let's be real. Anytime LeBron James opens his mouth about a political issue or something, yeah. he's pissing off 50% of the population. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pissing off 50% of the population. So I, I think that when you say take it for granted, yes, definitely his talent and his ability has been taken for granted. Uh, and we're so used to him. We're quick to tear him down unless he wins a championship, right? Even though he's just doing record-breaking things. But I think part of that is because He's been so outspoken about other things that people will be so quick to not give him the credit that he deserves on the basketball court because they might disagree with him in other areas uh, of his activism. No, definitely. You know, you brought it up about athletes kind of speaking out and you were one of those early athletes that you started to get into the player content game very early. You started road tripping podcasts while you were playing. A lot of athletes now are following. Yeah, you better talk. Your talk. I mean, that's, this is, I mean, now it's content athletes and content is, is very understood, but it wasn't like that when, when you started. So in this content athlete age, like 
what are the pros and cons? Because now you see where athletes now are, you know, responding to coaches via their platform and responding to different things that are going on in their own teams. So what are kind of the pros and cons of this? Because you started it, Richard. Look what you started, uh, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah, you know? No, look, look, look. look it's, just, it's, it's so funny, man. It's like people, like, always associate, like, Henry Ford with, like, like, the Ford company didn't start cars. They weren't the first car company. <laughs> but what they did is they started the assembly line and they were able to mass produce cars. I didn't start the podcast, but I definitely saw that the content that could be available for athletes with podcasts that are just like, all you got to do is walk around with a mic and a recorder. And then, you know, there are different ways. I would say this, that the world is continuing to evolve and we have to evolve with it. When you look at social media, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's MySpace, whatever the fucking Facebook, whatever it is. I know I'm going back. I'm (laughs) going back because, because this is the thing without MySpace, there probably wouldn't be a Facebook without Facebook. There probably wouldn't be Instagram without Instagram. There wouldn't have been a Snapchat and and so on. So like you got to no different than we give credit to Will Chamberlain. You know, and we give credit to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You got to give credit to the people that kind of started this ball. Point being is this. Now that things are evolving, it is our job as media. It's, it's coaches' jobs. Like, they can't coach players as aggressively as they did. There's no Bob Knight coming into no. this world, into the coaching world. And Bob Knight is one of the greatest coaches, not just, like, in college basketball, but, like, in American sports history, Bob Knight's one of the greatest. Bob Knight can't exist today. Nope. That's just the reality of like putting hands on players, the, the cuss words, the throwing, that's just wouldn't go because that's not the society we live in. So I think media is evolving too. And I think there's, there's pros and cons. I think there's pros in the sense that now like media places, athletes can use their platform to promote whatever positive, whether if it's a new brand, a new cooking show, whatever it is that you want to do. And I think that's one thing that college athletes, college athletes need to start focusing on their brands so quickly. And I'm not even talking about because of the NIL, but one of the things I was telling somebody is that, listen, if you are a college softball player, if you can gain 25,000 followers while you're in college with people that support the softball team or support the university, but then you're going to then want to start a makeup line, a clothing line, a, you want to start your own, uh, uh, you want to start a real estate company. All of those followers then come with you. All of that audience then comes with you and they get to watch you grow into a human being, into a person, into a business person. So as much as your sport should be number one, your platform should be number two and your education should be number three. And I only say this, not that education is important, but I don't know what I wanted to do at 22. I didn't know. My job is to get the education. But if I know for a fact that if I have 100,000 followers on any platform, that might serve me better when I'm 42 than my degree in X Mm. and in home economics, my degree in, in social, you know, whatever. The amount of people that use their degrees specifically for what they went to school with. I feel like it continues to dwindle. So if you can focus on growing your brand, so if you want to start, you know, a yoga studio, if you want to start whatever it is, you have an an audience that will allow you to do that. Getting an education might teach you how to do these things, but it won't necessarily put you in a position to go and grow and start something. Hmm. uh, You've expanded to TikTok now. Uh, You're at you know, over 300,000, uh, followers on, on TikTok. What is your, what are your strategy for approaching that as a, as a way to 
extend your brand, extend content? Like, how do you, uh, you've really kind of like settled into a groove with the type of content that you're releasing, but how did you hit on your style on that platform? So first and foremost, uh, you know, I was slow to social media. I didn't get Instagram till I was like retired. And it's mainly because my dumb ass didn't want to start building up social media while I played. So now I'm behind, I'm, you know, behind the eight ball. So I've been doing this. I think TikTok, I had, I had a, a, a company called Content Capital and they helped me. They helped me because I have nine other jobs and they're just like, hey, are you interested? Yes, I'm interested. Here, these are some things that you can do. But again, you organically find the things and people would uh, send me messages on it. And so I just started talking to them. Now, anybody that knows my per- that my personalities, I'm a bit sarcastic. I like having fun. I like talking. <laughs> I like making fun of myself as much as I like making fun of other people. So that's what I just started doing. I just started having fun and interacting. And it's just like anything. The sooner you interact with the community in an authentic way, it's like Facebook has a community, uh, Instagram has a community, Twitter has a community. And the sooner that you can understand the community that you're talking to, yep. like the more successful that you can be. And that goes for anything. It doesn't matter if it's a platform. It doesn't matter if it's making cupcakes. It doesn't matter if you want to start a food show. And one thing that uh, Ali Clifton, who co-hosts Road Tripping Podcast mm-hmm. with me, um, one of the things that we talked about from the beginning Create the opportunities that you want. For yeah. instance, Richard, you want to get into the media. Okay, well, I'm doing a job. Well, you can do road tripping podcasts. You can start a podcast. Start interviewing players. Start working on that. I didn't know it was going to blow up. I didn't know it was going to turn into this crazy, crazy thing. But it was like I was working on my reps. Oh, Richard, you want to you want to um, you want to interview pop culture people? Well, Renee, I started doing. Instagram lives on the sports center app. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm interviewing little Dicky. I'm interviewing TI. I'm interviewing sweetie. I'm interviewing all of these people um, that are unrelated to sports because I'm trying mm. to create the opportunities that I want. And I think with TikTok, you know, you're, I need a younger audience. There's a younger audience on there. So like, if you want to continue growing into a media personality or into a media space, you have to create the opportunities that you want. And then maybe somebody will come and notice and be like, hey, have you ever interviewed anybody? So I started doing stuff for extra. And extra is like, have you ever interviewed anybody outside of basketball? It's like, well, actually I have. I did this, this, and this, and this. And I can show them, even within the sports center world and in ESPN, when the pandemic hit, I was interviewing celebrities, you know, Mike Epps and all these different people. I was interviewing them because I wanted to create the opportunity that I wanted for myself. And so that's my number one advice is that if you want an opportunity, create it, build it, and then allow people to take notice versus walking into a room and saying, this is what I want to do. I love that because when you're creating things that you want, so you have, you're in a very unique space. So I know you've done the Oculus broadcast and mm-hmm. I just did my first one recently, probably because you were unavailable. So I thank you for being busy <laughs> uh, listen, and having I, nine I'm gonna jobs. Be, I, I'm going to be unavailable a couple more times. So I got you, girl. Let's go. So are you going <laughs> to do more types of experimental content like that with the Oculus and even your new YouTube channel, the Sports Gap? Like, is that the kind of opportunities that you like, those different ones? It, 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 you know what it is, is I don't know what I like. And just like the way I try and tell, tell like where I am at now, I'm back to being a 12 year old kid in PE, right? We playing soccer today. We playing basketball today. We playing flag football today. 
what are we doing? Because I just want, <laughs> I want to play. I want to play. And it didn't matter what sport it is. We playing, we playing tetherball. We playing foursquare. <laughs> whatever the fuck, just let's go play. And so eventually basketball got its hooks into me. And I was like, this is it. This is what I can do for 12 hours a day. I don't care. This is what I can watch 10 hours a day. And so for me, I don't know what I want to do long-term. So right now it's like, okay, I'm doing podcasts. Okay, I've had this idea for like a sports variety show. Let's do the sports gap. Now this shit comes out of my own pocket too. And I've I say this- I've been there, not, I know all I, about that. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that like I don't have the money, but like people, if you're not gonna invest in yourself, no one else will. And I'm coming from a, a position of like, people know my name, I yeah. work for ESPN, but it's like, if this is the project I want, the sports gap, then I got to go do it. Then I got to go do it and show people that I can do it, show people my idea. Because yep. the minute they're like, well, if we're paying for it, this is what we're thinking. This is what we think you should do. This is what we feel like this topic is, or we didn't really like what you said there, or we can't talk about this. And it's like, okay, I'll go do this on my own. And, not, but, and that's the beautiful thing about the internet. You don't need anyone else. You right. wake up, you start, you go. You want to start a cooking channel? Well, motherfucker, you got a kitchen. You got to go <laughs> buy that food. You got to go buy that food. You got to go do all this stuff. You got to put the two hours in the kitchen. You got to do the, the video. You got to do the audio. If that's what you want, then you have to create those opportunities. So I don't know what I want to do. All I know is that I enjoy the media space. I enjoy conversations with people. And so I'm trying to do a million different things. Maybe I'll be on The View one day. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Okay, we'll be home at your boy, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Let's go. That's I'm putting it out there. Whoopi, put me on, put me on The View. <laughs> put me he on The View, NBA champion Richard Jefferson. Check him out on a variety of different platforms, including ESPN, including his own TikTok, including the Sports Gap, Road Trippin' Podcast, anywhere. Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Wait, we're done? We're done already? I was just getting warmed up. <laughs> you ain't gotta go home, Richard. No power, no electricity, Richard. Richard doesn't <laughs> stop. <laughs> I didn't know it's not until my phone dead. No, no. All kidding aside, man. Thank you guys. Um, you know, th th this is great. Anytime I get an opportunity to talk and, and hopefully spread a little bit of knowledge of the information that I've been fortunate enough to gather over many years, because you guys know, entering into these spaces can it's be hard. scary. It can For be sure. one, one of my really good friends, uh, Stephanie Wessel. Uh, I played basketball with her husband at University of Arizona. She played volleyball at Arizona. She's like, hey, I had a pet talk and I just started my own podcast. And I'm like, go do it. I was like, yeah. go do it, but do it from the place that you want to do it. Not because you want to become a star or because you want a thousand right. views or because you want to make money. Do it because you want to do a self-help. And it's called Let's Get Messy or Getting Messy or something. So everybody, Apple Podcasts, go check out her stuff. Uh, it's That's a beautiful thing. That's what's up. Thing, You're which, a good friend. Yeah, let's get yeah. messy. Yeah, let's get messed because she wants to talk about self-exploration and all the things that she has done as a former athlete and as a mom. And I'm like, fucking put it out there. And so- um, I'm always here to encourage people that have encouraged me along the way. So thank you guys. And if you guys ever want me on again, just let me know. That's what's up. Yes. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Ray, this weekend is set to be uh, possibly one of the (laughs) oddest in a recent history of odd celebrity boxing matches we've seen thus far uh, in the Jake Logan Paul boxing verse. uh, Former all-star point guard Deron Williams uh, is fighting former all-pro running back Frank Gore on the undercard of Paul versus Woodley this weekend. Williams started as a, a large favorite because of his a uh, long history with fighting sports and the fact that he owns uh, gyms, fighting gyms. Uh, but the odds have slimmed out over the past month. Instead of breaking down the fight, you know, what do we think about this clearly popular version of celebrity boxing with former pro athletes? Uh, and who do we think might get in the ring next in 2022? What do you think about it? Deron Williams and Frank Gore. Unpopular opinion, maybe, but I love this celebrity boxing stuff. I'm sorry. I love it. Like, Again, I'm not into the technicalities of boxing. Oh, 10 jabs, 20 jabs. Like, I just want to be entertained when I sit down. I want to see a lot of punches fly. I want to be entertained. I want to see people get knocked out. And it actually really helps that I know the people. So I know know these guys. Like, I know them. And so imagine seeing them play basketball or seeing him play football and a Frank Gore and then watching them box. Like, to me, that adds extra entertainment. So... I really like this emergence of celebrity boxing all the way around. It gives me celebrity deathmatch vibes that we used to watch back in the day. <laughs> and it's like happening in real life. Those used to be like little clay, know, little clay objects fighting each other on TV. But now we watch it live in real people that we may see. So now it's always like, a yeah, we see this matchup, but... Who else do we want to see battle it out? Like, who would you want to see get into the ring, go head to head? Oh, wow. Great question. Like, I want to see journalists. Like, let's start seeing some journalists, okay? <laughs> journalists, put your dukes up. Let me just say before answering that, number one, I have no interest in fighting anybody. Facts. I don't ever want to fight nobody. I am a coward. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. Deron Williams matchup, man, I'd be afraid to go against a guy like Deron Williams who won. This is a guy who clearly wants to beat somebody's ass. Wants all the smoke. He has been talking for years that uh, about competing in MMA uh, style competitions. He's been training in BJJ in various striking styles. He owns gyms again. And he's economically set. So this is a guy who's doing this because he really, really likes Scary. it. Scary. And you know, it's... <laughs> You know what I mean? And another way, and it's one of those things where, you know, like when you're training, you want to put this stuff to use. And man, he clearly wants to put it to use. So I I know the odds of slim, but if I'm Frank Gore, I'd be concerned. And if I'm a fan of Frank Gore, I'd be concerned because, again, Deron Williams, he's been training for this for a long time. And he very clearly is very passionate about it because he don't. He don't need it. He don't need the money. Listen, just to elaborate on the reason that I said journalists, because I think it would be a very interesting concept if like journalists had to go 
perform like an athlete performs and then they have to report on what they did in the fight so i would want them to go woes versus shams all right so y'all go head to head (laughs) y'all go head to head and then y'all report back to us what happened because i think that it would be an interesting concept for journalists to have to be in that hot seat to be critiqued and then have to write about it i think it would be you know i don't know i would just like to see they should break news between rounds Woj tweets, sources tell me Woj intends to attempt to submit Shams in the second round. Uh, Shams Tarania on Twitter says, uh, sources tell me that Shams feels great and his left hook is working exactly the way oh, yeah. uh, he wants Give it, it to. Give it to us. Or then role reversal where the athletes now are reporting on them. I think that there is something to be said about people switching roles. It's, it's, it's enlightening. We watch it with... What is it called? Where wife swap, you get a little taste yeah. of something new. You know, it's enlightening to see what things are like on the other side. But just in all honesty, though, I really do like it. First of all, athletes love competition. I'm not one of those they athletes. They're, 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 they I'm not it. one of those athletes that will get in there to fight. But athletes love, love, love competition. I will go love crazy it. on a space game, card game, any game you put in front of me. I'm way too competitive to just play casually. So I don't. But boxing is something where if an athlete, a lot of athletes actually suffer from like when they don't play anymore, they they don't feel yeah. validated, they go through a little level of depression. Imagine if now they have a big event that they can get up for, the Showtime like event or the celebrity boxing event that they can get excited for, have something that they're working towards. I honestly think that there's an avenue for that for retired athletes because at the end of the day, athletes love to perform, athletes love to compete, and it's a way they can stay in shape. I'm I'm saying I'm here for it. I'm sorry. I'm here for all of it. Is that something you dealt with? Like when you were, you, of course, recently retired, but like, you know, I I think you're right. Having been around athletes, they are all, y'all <laughs> are just fiends for any kind of competition. There is no just chill, like have nah. a, you know, chill game of Mario Kart. Nah. Like it's, it's to the death yeah. always. Um did you go through that as well when you're just like I gotta find something I gotta find a way to compete you know I am way more busy than I am when I actually played so my life is a little bit different I hit the ground running when I opted out of the WBA then I started doing stuff boots on the ground and then it just developed into so many more different things that I never thankfully had that period I was able to kind of move and transition from one career right to the next but some people have a grace period where they're sitting at home. They have to figure out, do I, because in sports, you usually already given like a, a couple amount of options. Do you want to coach? Do you want to be an athletic director? Do you want to do these certain, do you want to be a broadcaster? Well, that ain't for everybody. Everybody doesn't have the patience to coach or the IQ to coach. Everybody can't go on, on camera. No matter if you play 20 years, it doesn't mean you can go on camera and talk about it. Those things aren't for everybody. So what about the other athletes that are physically still strong, but maybe just can't compete at the highest level. So I think that there's a real thing happening here that could be a great lane for people to still, and you know, athletes love the limelight. So that's a way that, you know, you get to line up. Everybody comes to, I mean, we saw American gangster boxing events bring together all the cultures. It ain't just some sports. It brings in the entertainers, the athletes, and even the criminals if we have to, because it's a big money event. So I don't know. I think there's something here post-athletic career for athletes. Getting to these celebrity boxing, training, all of that, something's there. Now, to your point about, journalists. Uh-huh. Here's a fight that's brewing. 
uh, Dana White Ooh. versus uh, the sports business analyst Darren, uh, Darren Rovell. Darren has been around uh, for a while. He's kind of an infamous uh, personality, quite an abrasive guy. Dana White, of course, is Dana White. This is the epitome of a let them fight kind of spat. Anyway, their feud goes back several years, uh, back to 2016, when Ravel criticized White for you know pushing Ronda Rousey into a fight after uh, theoretically she was not ready to really fight. She'd been away for for a right. year. Um, so in this most recent iteration of the rivalry, uh, after Juliana Pena uh, upset Amanda Nunes with a rear naked choke at UFC 269. Uh, White took a dig at Ravel for his comments in the UFC's business practices, saying, uh, basically calling Ravel a dipshit and told him to stay out of our business. Ravel then responded, quote, Dana is really great at taking shots at one in the morning. He might have the potty mouth this form applauds, but I'll debate him in any form on this topic and with Dana and crush him. Name the time and the place. I'll name the time and place. Las Vegas. What time, Jason? At 10 p.m. Okay. On pay-per-view let's see it are and listen, you I think, ready <laughs> i think darren Revelle, i think it would be a very short fight with darren well but like let's get it let's get it <laughs> renee my mom's firstborn son, Tiger Woods, will make his 2021 <laughs> debut in the last event of the year, 10 months after a single car crash in which he sustained multiple leg injuries. Woods announced that he will play in this weekend's parent-child PNC championship with his son, Charlie. So it's time we are joined by number one uh, official take line correspondent uh, on golf, my mom. Uh, also number one Tiger Woods fan in the world. She joined me via cellular uh, phone to talk about Woods' return, talk about his son Charlie, and what type of book she likes to read because I caught her at Barnes & Nobles in the midst of, of shopping for more books. Take a listen. Let's go, Mama Conception! Hi, Mom. Hello? Hi. What's Hi. going on? I just saw at Barnes & Noble. What are you getting? Uh, I don't know. You don't know what you're going to buy? What have you been reading lately? Uh, I just finished, uh, what is this thing? Some Patterson book. I finished it two weeks ago. So I want to buy another one. I finished like two books by Patricia and then Patterson. And then I want to buy that. What does it get? I forgot what it is. Um, I'll see. Lincoln something. About trumpet. Um, so obviously you've seen a big reader like, like myself, you're, this is probably where I get it from reading all the books. You have piles and piles of books at home. I'm sure you've seen the news that Tiger Woods is coming back. What are your thoughts? He's not really coming back on a PGA tour. He's coming back, I think, to do it mainly for his son. He's grooming Charlie. And he's coming back, not of a PGA tour. It's a, it's a like, like you said, a giggle and pop, you know, game. It's straight. It's not a healy course, and he can, he can ride a cart, both carts. So why not? What What do you expect? I guess, like, so as you mentioned, he's playing with his son Charlie. 
Do you expect, though, like, if Tiger looks okay, do you think we'll see more of him? Or is this it? It's just going to be Tiger is now just what he cares about is just... I think, think like he said, he's going to play, like, limited schedule. He's already in a limited schedule, you know that. He never really played full. He played, like, 12, 10, 9. So I think he's going to play, like he said, you know, like Ben Hogan the majors. That's it. He's just going to prepare for the four majors. That's it. I think majors are important for him anyway, even before his accident. So I think that's what he's going to do. And if he doesn't, he doesn't have anything to prove. You know, he's a legend. But I think he's doing it like you. Listen, the more he appears, the more money comes out, you know, and his golfer knows that. He changed the game by himself yeah what are you gonna look for when you watch him like what what are the things you're gonna watch when he appears to see if he you know just to see if he's if he looks okay he's um his right leg you know uh you can see in the picture when he was practicing he's not using his golf shoe on the right leg Mm. yeah and they said now with the technology they can make him a, a special shoe so it, his right leg wouldn't bother him. But you can see it still he's having a problem, you know, I mean, with his back and leg. But, you know, I mean, wow, after nine months, he can play. My goodness sake, you know what I mean? So, but I think he's doing it mainly for his son. That's it. Doesn't want to miss Charlie, you know, uh, not playing that kind of competition with father and son so he did it so i'm glad he did it do you think he's gonna have the same kind of like club speed that he used to have in the swing no No, he's not gonna be the same it's gonna take him a while to have that speed that you know what i mean but Look, before he was the longest, right? Before all of this, they changed the golf course because of him. But with the technology, like recently last year when I I borrowed the new driver, you don't have to swing so hard. Yeah. With technology, they just go, boom. You know what I mean? So with all this technology, and he has direct access to it, they can change it, you know, but I think he won't do with his back, with his leg. It's not going to be the same. You know what I mean? That's why he's going to pick and choose his PGA Tour. And it, I think it will take at least two, two, three years, I think, before he can join the PGA. But he's not going to lose his card, his lifetime, you know. Well, Mom, congratulations on your firstborn son coming back into uh, <laughs> into the life of golf, uh, yes. coming back into your life. Uh, otherwise, how are you? I am fine. I have a good news. Wait, hold I on. Let me like stop the. Culture. Well, let me stop it. Let me stop the thing. Hold on. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Uh, and that, that was my mom. Uh, thanks to her for allowing me to bother her uh, in the middle of shopping for <laughs> yet more books. 
I love having Mama Concepcion on. Welcome back anytime. That's it for us. Follow and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to Take Line Show on YouTube yep. for exclusive video clips from this episode, plus my digital series, All Caps NBA, which comes out every Friday. Check it out. Goodbye. Let's go! Take Line is a crooked media production. The show is produced by Carlton Gillespie and Zuri Irvin. Our executive producers are myself and Sandy Gerard. Our contributing producers are Caroline Reston, Elijah Cohn, and Jason Gallagher. Engineering, editing, and sound design by Sarah Gibble-Laska and the folks at Chapter 4. And our theme music is produced by Brian Vasquez. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.